What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Pump Handle Podcast. Later on in the show, I'm going to be taking a look back at the Raw and SmackDown Live episodes from this past week. I'm going to be taking a look at a few more of my favorite Survivor Series moments. And I'm going to debut a new special feature, This Day in Raw History, where we take a look back at what happened on Monday Night Raw 20 years ago this week. But first off, let's kick it off with what I think is the biggest news this week, and that is that it appears WWE has laid the groundwork to get the cruiserweights switched to SmackDown Live. Now, we talked about this on the program last week, that WWE had announced their new 205 Live or 205 or Live 205 or whatever the fuck it's going to be called, their cruiserweight-centric program that's going to air after SmackDown starting at the end of November. Well, well, the question we asked was, how is that going to make sense? How are they going to keep storylines going with you know, the cruiserweights being on Raw and then the show on Tuesdays? Well, it was announced on SmackDown this past week that Brian Kendrick, the current cruiserweight champion, will face off against SmackDown's returning from injury Kalisto, with the winner of that match getting not only the cruiserweight title, but the entire cruiserweight division switching to their brand. Now, obviously, this makes perfect sense. Here's the thing. This is probably the best thing for the cruiserweight division. Honestly, I've harped literally on every episode of the Pump Handle podcast that there has been, which is four, plus the review of Hell in a Cell. Every single one of them I said the cruiserweight division is dying and it needs a change, and this is what they need. Listen, I have concerns. What are you going to do with that extra time on Raw? Is it going to be filled by the very talented Raw women's division? Whatever. In terms of the cruiserweight division, this is great. Because now you can have cruiserweight matches on SmackDown. You can have the no no cruiserweight matches on SmackDown. Because you have a one-hour program afterwards. If My biggest caveat with this is if you were going to switch the cruiserweights to SmackDown, I feel like you didn't need to give them their own show. Just make SmackDown three hours. My concern is 60 minutes of the cruiserweight division is maybe a bit much. I mean, I know they've got some talented guys. Um, You know, they had Noam Dar who debuted this week. So it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is like. But obviously with the announcement of Kendrick versus Kalisto, this is how they're going to get the cruiserweights to SmackDown. It makes perfect sense. Um, You know, hey, good for them. Again, I think the cruiserweights are going to be better suited for SmackDown. Um... I just think it's it's a better opportunity for them. Um, let me know what you guys think of the cruiserweights possibly switching to Tuesday. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know down in the comments. Uh, otherwise, you can tweet me at the Twitter machine, at PumpHandlePod. Now let's take a look at our Raw and SmackDown reviews for this week, starting with Monday Night Raw. Now, if you'll remember, last week's Monday Night Raw, I gave a 1 out of 5, and I said it was possibly one of the worst Raws of 2016. I take that back, because this week's Raw is worse. Just when you thought Raw couldn't be worse, it's worse. So let's go through, take a look at the highlights. 
Starting the show with Stephanie McMahon is a great indication that the show is going to suck absolute ass and that you expect the entire show to be dedicated to hyping Survivor Series. Obviously. I love Survivor Series. I mean, it's been one of my favorite pay-per-views. It's great. You know, it's, it's always, you know, different. It's different. And so WWE, WWF, wrestling needs different from time to time. But this isn't the early 90s. When you literally had wrestling on one day a week and you could abandon storylines for the sake of a 8-man or 10-man tag team match. Well, right now, when you have a 3-hour Monday night program and a 2-hour Tuesday night program every single week, you can't just take storylines and fuck off with them and literally dedicate your entire programming to Survivor Series. The number of people I have seen who are irate with what WWE is producing for a product these last few weeks is unbelievable. The hatred towards the WWE product right now is at an all-time high. It really is. And it's because they just seem to be so disconnected with everything. Yes, Survivor Series is an iconic pay-per-view, but you can't abandon everything going on on both brands and literally just make all of your programming all day, every day, all week for a month be about hyping one pay-per-view where literally the only titles that are going to be defended are mid-card titles. You know, no women's titles, no world heavyweight titles. You got the IC title and the cruiserweight title. That's it. So, interesting. Um, early on in the program, they announced that Seth Rollins was going to be the fifth member of Team Raw, despite the rumors being all week that it was going to be Sami Zayn. Obviously, Seth Rollins makes more sense, adds more tension to the team. More on Sami Zayn in a few minutes. Please stop fucking saying Sparkle Crotch. Just stop. Stop, please. Um, this segment, the opening segment of Raw, literally illustrated everything that is wrong with Raw right now. 22 minutes dedicated to hyping Survivor Series and building tensions between the teams and making it look like the Reigns and Rollins were going to set aside their differences and do a shieldy type thing. Just stop. And then it culminates with, we're going to have a fatal five-way at the end of the night. Like, oh my god. I don't even understand. Um, first match of the night, Rich Swan and Sankara against Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. Uh, it was announced that TJ Perkins is going to be out for some time with a neck injury. Uh, I, I didn't actually look into it any further. I'm not sure if it's a kayfabe injury or actual injury. Um, he did fall pretty nastily on the ring apron there uh, on last week's Raw. So could be a legit kind of thing. Um, huge hometown ovation or home country ovation for Noam Dar making his debut. Dude's like 23 um, it was great to see, hey, a pyro, whoa, cruiserweight with pyro, look out, oh my god, maybe he probably won't have the pyro anymore, but, um, uh, you know, it was nice to see, good pop for the kid, um, the match was shit, as every cruiserweight match on Rosvin, shitty match, doesn't showcase anything the cruiserweights can do, they literally try to wrestle it like they're two 300 pounders in the ring and all they can do is headlocks and work body parts, that's not what the cruiserweights are about, it was a just a horrendous match. Um, the one thing I did enjoy was the over the top rope swanton that Sin Cara did, uh, was relatively impressive, I, I wish it didn't really pop the crowd, I wish it would have got a bit more pop, but it was a nice move. Um, the Kendrick and Dyer exchange at the end of the match was the only relevant part really um is noam dar going to be a upper tier contender going forward in the cruiserweight division hard to say was it just a hometown 
you know, courtesy, like, here, we're going to make you seem relevant while you're in your hometown, home country, and then you're going to go back to being nothing. Be interesting to see where that goes uh, going forward. It was announced that Rusev and Sami Zayn were going to face off with the winner getting to face Dolph Ziggler at Survivor Series. Uh, last week on the program, I hypothesized that Sami Zayn would be the one to face um, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Sami Zayn ended up winning the match. I'm going to talk more about that after. Uh, but glad to see that my prognostication skills are on fucking point over here. Um, the tag team segment with Enzo and Cass and the Golden Truth and the club and Sheamus and Cesaro and the New Day, like, this segment was 20 minutes and 35 seconds long. And maybe the worst segment that I've ever seen. It was so fucking stupid. Like, again, I don't understand the purpose of having these funny back and forth. Like, this is not a comedy sketch show. Like, it's a wrestling show. And then it ended in a match, anyway, between New Day and the club. Like, And you could tell that once this match happened, the crowd was completely dead for this match. Because they were... They, like. You know, 35 minutes of tag teams going back and forth with a match. The club wins. <sighs> Whatever. It was awful. G absolute garbage. Um, I'm kind of interested that they're building up Braun Strowman right now. Um, while I don't expect it to be anything, uh, and probably going to be a fail as every other big man development in the last 15 years has been, um i.e. Great Khali. I'm interested by Strowman. I mean, he can talk a little bit. He's got an interesting look. Um, I think he's a little more athletic than people give him credit for. His moveset is not there, but I mean, he's an athletic guy. He moves well. Um, I'm interest, interested to see where it goes, but I don't have really high expectations. Shining Stars versus The Golden Truth with the winner getting to uh, join Team Rob. Wow, kill kill me, please. Rip my remote. Uh, Shining Stars 1, get to be on Team Raw. Who gives a shit? Not me. Uh, the women's segment, please go away, Dana Brooke. Thank you, Michael Cole, for letting us know that Dana Brooke will not be the fifth member of the women's SmackDown, or, uh, Raw team. And that it will be Sasha Banks. The one thing I will take away from this is if Sasha Banks is good enough because she wrestled that night in a six-man tag with Alicia and Bailey against Charlotte, Dana, and Nia Jax, and she's going to wrestle at Survivor Series, so if she's well enough to wrestle, obviously she doesn't need time off due to injury, which makes the title switch at Hell in a Cell now seem so much stupider to me. Um, you know... Just looking back, hindsight being what it is, if Sasha Banks doesn't need time off due to injury, why don't you let her have a longer title reign? Why would you cut the legs up from under her like you did? Um, the six man or the six women tag team match, um, Bailey picked up the win over Charlotte. Whatever. The one thing this this shows me is the women's division is so interesting on Raw. I mean, you have the athleticism of Charlotte and, and Sasha and, and them being somewhat reckless. You have Bailey's character uh, as she develops her mic skills a little better. She's got a good following. She's got a good character. Uh, Nia Jax is a, is a big, huge, uh, talented 
work in progress that has you know that dominance factor. I mean, I think Dana Brooke could be someone in the division down the road. You have Alicia Fox, who was never really that great in the ring, but I mean, she's a veteran presence. It's an interesting division on Raw, and that's why I hearken back to if the cruiserweights go to SmackDown, giving the women a little more exposure on Raw, I think will allow them to show how deep the women's Raw division actually really is, which I think would be cool. Um, so yeah, Rusev, Sami Zayn, um, again, Rusev lost. Zayn gets to go now to face Ziggler. I'm call it right now. Zayn Ziggler will be the best match at Survivor Series. I think uh, that they're gonna absolutely tear the house down, and it's gonna be fantastic. I hope. Rusev is so good right now. He's great in the ring. He's great on the mic. His character is is so good right now, and it's being absolutely wasted. He has no direction, no feud. They keep putting him against Roman Reigns. Like, what are you going to do with Rusev at this point? He doesn't even have a match at Survivor Series. He has no match. So it's like, you know, he's probably one of the few characters on Raw that I enjoy watching. And he has nothing to do. Um, and the Fatal Five-Way. Um, how long were Strowman and Reigns going to stand and stare at each other? Like, that felt like it was like 30 seconds. Um... Nothing like almost having a, a shield powerbomb through a table spot to get the crowd cheering for Roman Reigns. Wow, they'll do anything to get Roman Reigns. Just a faint bit of cheer. Um, the match itself was actually not that bad. It was pretty entertaining. Um, it was the one thing that kept me from giving Raw a 0 out of 5 rating was this match. Um, Owens ended up pinning Y2J after a whole bunch of finishers. I mean, you know, again, it was it was good. It was It was actually an interesting match. But overall, just a horrendous raw. I mean, I watched it the Tuesday morning on the PVR, and I literally fell asleep while watching it at 9 o'clock in the morning after having a full night's sleep. That's how boring this episode of Raw was. Moving on to SmackDown. I guess SmackDown this week at 2 out of 5, which is the lowest rating I've given SmackDown so far. Again, it is all to do with the Survivor Series build. Uh, it's just whatever. Um, AJ Styles kicks off the show, which is always a great decision to me. Uh, again, you knew this was going to be a Survivor Series-centric promo. So you had Styles, Baron Corbin, here comes the Wyatts, Ambrose, and James Ellsworth. Obviously, we're in 2016. I love 2016. James Ellsworth getting that big pop. Ooh, baby. Um, then Shane O'Mac makes an appearance, so the crowd is just smirking out at this point. They're loving it. Here comes the money. Like, oh my God, please stop. And then, of course, it ends up in a six-man tag. Oh, hey, of course it ends up in a six-man tag. Raw didn't do... Raw did Fatal Five-Way. These guys do a six-man tag because of, oh, hey, um, you got Ellsworth. Now, obviously, the rumors going into this um, and where these were taped episodes because they're in the UK, um, you knew Baron Corbin, something was going to happen, so obviously they laid the groundwork early saying, I'm my own man, blah, blah, blah. Uh, first match of the night was Vaudevillains versus Breezango. Breezango wins. Who cares? Move on. Breezango gets to be on Team SmackDown Tag Team. Way to go, guys. Thumbs up from the Snaggler. Um, Natalia versus Naomi with Nikki Bella on commentary. Natalia had a whistle playing up this whole coach angle, and then when she tried to use the whistle because Carmella came down to separate Carmella and Nikki Bella, the whistle fucked up. Like, you think you would test the whistle before you brought it out there, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, it seemed, the whole thing seems stupid. 
Naomi ends up winning with a fruit roll-up. Um, yeah, this was... The women on SmackDown had been building some really good momentum beyond the Alexa versus Becky Lynch angle. I had liked what Carmella and Nikki were doing. This segment for me was shit. It was garbage. It Move on. Move on to next week. Um, Corbin versus Kalisto. Obviously, Corbin did that selling the knee injury while walking on the apron. Oh, my God. And then Kalisto viciously attacked him. So, obviously, that was how they were going to get um, Corbin off the team. Now, I like how they went to commercial, came back, and already Daniel Bryan had a medical report saying he wasn't going to be able to participate at Survivor Series. Literally, it was a three-minute commercial. Like, <laughs> he hurt his knee. No, he's out. He's out. Next week, ten days from now, he can't wrestle. He's done. He's done. Fuck it, he's done. Um, Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's title. Um, it had been built up for a month. They said it was going to be the main event. They called it the main event. It wasn't the last match, which I hate. Main event should be the last match, the go-home match. Um, it was a slow, methodical, old-school kind of wrestling match, obviously with Alexa working on Becky's shoulder area. Um, it was a half-decent match. It's not great. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a two out of five, or sort of two and a half out of five, three-star match. Um with the build and everything that they got, I kind of expected a little more. Uh, and then they had the screwy finish with Alexa's foot on the rope and then tapping out. So obviously this is going to continue. Uh, but I think they did what they needed to do. It was a good match. Crowd was into it. You know, kudos to them. Great job. Let's see how it goes next week. Um, next week on SmackDown, it's going to be awesome. 900th episode, of, 900th episode of SmackDown next week. Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship, the return of The Undertaker, and Edge. All confirmed for next week. Um, Apollo Crews versus Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins wins. Yay. Next. Um, and then the main event, Wyatt's versus Ambrose and Kane and Ellsworth. Um, it wasn't a terrible match. Obviously, you knew the whole match that the hype was going to be towards Ellsworth getting a hot tag, which he did but he wasn't holding the rope that you're supposed to hold on to, so it was an illegal tag. Um, and he comes in and tunes up the band and gets Sister Abigail. Like, way to go. Like, it was, you know. But, of course, it was all to set up Daniel Bryan coming out and saying who he was going to pick as the fifth member of Team SmackDown. Shane McMahon was announced as the fifth member of the team. Um. Uh... You know, here's the thing. I understand why they do it. You want to get Shane in the ring. It adds a little different element with Shane and Stephanie to the story. You know, um, we're, we're expecting a Triple H appearance at Survivor Series, so obviously it could have something to do with that. Um, but the thing is, I would have preferred to see Baron Corbin. Or somebody anywhere further... Yeah, Raw's using this event to build up Braun Strowman, okay? You can see that. That's great. Good. Uh, how he's going to get eliminated from the match, you have no idea. He's been big and beastly. Um, okay, so that's great. Raw, or SmackDown instead, is going to give it to Shane McMahon. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, it's just... It's, it's, it's a predictable thing that they did. But it's not something that you want to see, especially from SmackDown, which is supposed to be the wrestling forward-thinking brand. Um, you know, again, 
I understand, you know, with the tensions with The Miz, maybe give the spot to The Miz. I mean, Miz has been really hot right now, uh, or, well, lately. Anyway, overall, the Survivor Series building on both live programs on WWE is just killing me right now. It's painful to watch. Thankfully, we'll only have one more week of it, uh, and it's going to be interesting because next week, you're going to have um, Goldberg and Lesnar against each other, like head face to face on Raw and SmackDown 900. You're going to have Undertaker Edge. So next week, at least going home to Survivor Series, we might have a bit of interest. Um, next up, guys, my new segment that I'm going to look at every week, and that is this week in Raw. I'm going to call it this week in Raw because 20 years ago this week they only had Raw. There was no SmackDown for another almost three years. Um, Raw, November 11th, 1996, emanated from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Some of the notable things that occurred was that they had one final hype video for the debut of Rocky Maivia, who was going to debut at Survivor Series. Of course, Rocky Maivia ended up being repackaged as The Rock and Nation of Domination, and The Rock, who is a huge movie star today, and could end up being president in four years. Hashtag The Rock 2020. Um, there was a pretty decent tag match on the show as well between the tag team champions Owen Hart and the British Bulldog going up against Psycho Sid and uh, Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels uh, whatever, Jose Lothario was in the corner. Uh, it was an interesting match. Um, uh, Owen and the Bulldog ended up retaining the titles. Um, it was probably a three-star match. Not bad. Pretty good um, for the time period. Uh, and they continued to build the Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin feud up Stone Cold had a match um, against Bob Holly where it was kind of an extended squash match. I mean, it lasted almost 10 minutes, but it was pretty much just Austin on the offensive the whole time. They kept cutting to Bret Hart in the back, watching on a monitor. Uh, and then um, Austin went to the back afterwards, but nothing really came of it. So pretty good episode of Raw. Um, I'm going to be doing this segment um, every week on the podcast now, we're going to be taking a look back at what happened 20 years ago this week in the WWE, which was WWF back then. But, you know, you know how things go, right? Um, last but not least on the show this week, guys, I want to take a look at two more of my favorite Survivor Series moments. Last week, we took a look at the Montreal Screwjob. I am going to do this again. Next week, as we head into Survivor Series, but we got two for you this week. Um, my first Survivor Series moment that uh, is very memorable to me is The Rock versus Mankind at Survivor Series 1998. It's memorable for several reasons. First of all, um, The Rock, who we mentioned in This Week on Raw, close to making his debut two years later, uh, did a heel turn. When he defeated Mankind for the WWF Championship with the help of Vince McMahon. Now, obviously, this match will be famous because it was one year removed from the Montreal Screwjob. And how did this match finish? Well, The Rock locked Mankind in a sharpshooter. And Vince McMahon called for the bell without Mankind tapping out. Um, it led to the... Start of the corporation, um, which ended up being a big heel faction with Vince and Shane and Stephanie, and uh, ended up eventually including the uh, Triple H, and then it evolved into the corporate ministry. Um, and it also laid the groundwork for the most memorable event from the Monday Night War. Now, Mankind, who lost 
the title on this night, wasn't the champion at the time anyway, but um, a year later, a little less than a year later, actually it was like six months later, anyway, ended up having that memorable title win on Raw that Nitro gave away, um, and uh, like a million people switched over to Monday Night Raw. That was the culmination of this feud that was started on this Survivor Series. The Rock and Mankind. They ended up having that uh, that empty stadium match. Uh, what was that called? Halftime Heat um, during the Super Bowl. And then they ended up having that crazy match at the Royal Rumble, I think it was. And then it culminated with Mankind winning the title when Stone Cold returned and hit him with the chair. And that basically was the end of WCW. That So this kind of laid the groundwork for that as well. Very memorable match for multiple reasons. Um, another memorable moment for me... Uh, from a Survivor Series is from Survivor Series 1990, which was the debut of The Undertaker. Fitting that we're bringing this up now, considering he's going to make a return on next week's episode of SmackDown. I just remember the looks, and if you go back and watch it on YouTube, the looks on people's faces in the crowd. People were, like, legitimately stunned by the the what they were seeing, you know, his height and the look on his face and the scraggly ginger facial hair. And, you know, you had Gorilla Monsoon and I think it was Roddy Piper on commentary and they were going crazy talking about, you know, how big this guy was and they just made it seem like he was this out-of-this-world guy. And it became very apparent in the weeks and months that came along that, you know, he was he was a very green guy in the ring but it's that character. I mean, 26 years later, when that gong and that organ music hit, it's still that that presence, that aura about The Undertaker that is still there to this day, 26 years later. Anyways, guys, that is it for this episode of the Pump Handle Podcast. If you are watching this on the YouTube Thank you very much. Please consider hitting the subscribe button down below the video. If you are listening to this on SoundCloud or iTunes or Google Play, I appreciate you listening to the show. Let me know if you guys have any feedback. Use whatever commenting system is on whatever platform you're listening to. Also, make sure you head over to the Twitter machine and give me a follow at Pump Handle Pod. I love engaging with you guys and seeing what you, opinions you guys have that agree or disagree with me. Also, we're going to be doing um, some more live uh, live tweeting and stuff like that of events. Uh, and actually, if you go over to my Twitter page and check out my bio, there is a link to my Discord channel where the conversation can continue about wrestling 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, which is awesome. Anyways, guys, that is it for this episode. Until next time, somebody hit my music.